fraternities, and sororities. What do you think of when you hear these terms? Social groups, hazing, dues, and philanthropy are some terms that come to mind when thinking of sororities and fraternities. But did you think of literary societies? Before McKendry had fraternities and sororities, they had literary societies. And they were educational groups, different from the social groups we know today. Hello, I'm Elena, and I'm your host of the Spooky History of McKendry. Alrighty, so this is the very first episode of the fall 2023 semester of the Spooky History of McKendry. And in this episode, we will be discussing the history of sororities and fraternities at McKendry all the way from the 1800s to today. So enjoy the show. So the first fraternity at McKendry was not a fraternity. In the early days of McKendry, students started forming literary societies. And literary society is exactly what it sounds like, a place for people to get together and discuss literature and things of the like. Now, three societies came about from this. The first one was the Philosophy and Literary Society, which was founded in 1837. The second, the Platorian Literary Society, founded in 1849. And lastly, the Clinorian Literary Society, founded in 1869. And the records of these societies are sparse, but from what we do know, gives us some interesting history to explore. These records leave behind the start of these societies, their members' exploits, and the friction between these different societies. So... How did these societies start, and what did they do? Well, let's start with McKendry's very first society, the Philosophy and Literary Society, which was founded in 1837. And so you know, I will be referring to to it as Philo, because that was their nickname. And for the first one, their beginning was very well recorded. What happened is in early January of 1837, a public invitation was issued to students to meet in Professor Merrill's room if they were interested in the organization of a debating society. And so, on the chosen day, the men got together in the room and started to form a society. Now, after meeting, their next task was to choose a name for their new society. The men contemplated on what name would be best and eventually landed on Philosophy Inn. And so the Philosophian Society, or Philo for short, was started. When Philo had started, the buildings we are all familiar with, like Old Main, had not been yet built. The old building was basically the only building on campus. And so for several years, the society held its meetings in a recreation room in the old building, which no longer stands on campus today. Uh, But after the erection of the building Old Main, the society was given quarters there on its third floor, and that's where the society stayed. Now, a little over a decade after Philo was formed, a rival appeared. Now, this rival was a second society, the Platorian Literary Society, which was formed in 1849. Their nickname is Plato. Now, the records of how they chose their name is not well recorded, but Plato was formed in April of 1849, and they were given quarters in their room across from Philo in Old Main on its third floor. Now, the members of Plato wanted to have the best meeting spot, so they quickly got to work furnishing their meeting room. The 16 founding members piled together some of their money to buy wallpapers, 
chairs, carpet, and other necessities. They even sent someone that they felt had the best taste and decor into St. Louis to buy all the furnishings. Now, furnishing the room was just the first step. After they finished it with it, they moved on to their next order of business, having a personal library. Now, the men did not have great financing skills, and they ended up spending pretty much all their money on decorating the room. And so they had nothing left to spend on books. And so the Plato men did what they had to do, and they ended up begging others for books. In fact, they spent their entire summer begging and gathering books, and their hard work paid off. By the time April had ro- August had rolled around, they had their very own library. And now, while the names between these two societies were very different, the societies were honestly very similar. Both these societies did very similar things. They did things like extemporaneous speaking, holding performances, hosting meetings, writing, reading, holding debates, and giving speeches. Now, what happens when two separate groups doing the same thing are near each other? Well, a rivalry occurs. And so the rivalry between the the older society and Plato, the newer society was very obvious. Even back in the beginning of fraternities, there was no rush week. Instead, there was a week or so where society, there was a rush week actually, it was a little different. There was about a week or so where societies would compete to get the most new members. And so the first few meetings of the school year were when the societies voted on new members. Now, the men seemed more focused on numbers than quality, so they never considered voting against somebody joining. The voting system for Philo and Plato was very simple and very loud. People would vote in the affirmative and be as loud as possible about it so their neighbor across the hall would know. Before voting, the society members would open up all the windows and doors and prepare any noise-making devices they had. And just to make their neighbors even more annoyed, they often voted late at night just so they could wake up the other society from their cheering. The men soon had a new rival on campus when Cleo was formed. Cleo, or the Clenorian Literary Society, was a women's literary society. Now, Cleo was founded in December of 1869, soon after women were allowed admission to McKendry. The society was named after one of the nine muses in Greek mythology, Cleo, the muse of history. And Cleo was given a room to use, just like the two men's society. Now, the archives don't state where the room exactly was, but I believe it was in the chapel. Now, Cleo had issues with meetings, different from the men's society. The men's societies met at night, but the school did not want the women walking in the dark, and so Cleo had to hold their meetings in the afternoon. As time went on, electric lights soon came to campus, and Cleo obviously wanted to start meeting in the evenings, so they requested permission from faculty to change their meeting time. The faculty, though, refused them under the grounds so that it would still be unsafe for the girls to walk around campus in the dark. Now, this resulted in the women of Cleo petitioning every single year to the faculty that, to be able to meet in the evening. 
and it was not accepted until the dorms were built in 1911, and most of the women were living on campus. Now, let's pause for a little bit of history. The city of Lebanon installed electric lights in 1890. The McKendry dorms were built in 1911, which means the women petitioned for roughly 20 years. And at the exact same time, the men were allowed to meet in the evenings. But since Cleo was the only women's society, they stood out. There were differences between the three societies, Philo, Plato, and Cleo, but they were also similar even though they had their differences. The Cleo Literary Society focused more on musical work and being taught to students. Cleo had singing quartets, and many Cleo girls were involved in the Glee Club. The quartets performed and provided entertainment at many events, including funerals, conventions, banquets, and chapel services. Many Cleo, Cleo quartets stayed together after graduation and continued performing. Now, music was not all that Cleo was known for, as many of their members stood out from the rest of the McKendry student body. The Cleo women did amazing academically and won class honors, oriental prizes, essay prizes, and pretty much almost any kind of medal which has ever been offered at McKendry. Now, the Philo Society stood out for their interest in an exercise known as parliamentary drill. So, parliamentary drill is an exercise to improve debate skills in the knowledge of parliamentary law or government. And this exercise also requires good knowledge of Robert's Rules of Orders, which is often used in fraternal organizations and in local governments. And Plato stood out with their money. The members of Plato prided themselves on having the best equipment and furniture. In fact, Plato was the first of the societies to have electric lights in their hall. In fact, the members of Plato actually had electric lights installed before the college even had electric lights on campus. So, yeah, they definitely tried to stand out. <laughs> now, Philo and Plato, they fought a lot to stand out, not only to potential members, but also to Cleo. When Cleo formed the men's societies, they wanted to show their goodwill to the women. But the show of the goodwill also became fueled by the rivalry that was held between the two. And this resulted in a lot of petty competition. So Philo gave Cleo a Bible, and Plato responded by giving them a Bible stand. And on another occasion, Plato gave Cleo a cash present of $100, and since Philo wanted to do outdo them, they immediately sent Cleo a gift of $150. Now, Philo and Plato also had rivalry in between themselves. Because in this rivalry went on for years. And as the literary societies became more like fraternities, Centennial actually states that some of the students in the society halls viewed their experience from being in the society more highly than being in the classroom. And that quote, the society spirit was an influence far more evident then than in the old days in the old days then in the present at times the society spirit ran so high as it caused dangerous rivalry between the two men's societies sometimes they had physical clashes 
The fraternal spirit often caused the boys to prolong their sessions far into the night, and their glittery activities turned into social time. End quote from Centennial. And so, as the times changed, the societies eventually stopped focusing so much on academics and literature. These societies slowly started changing and forming into fraternities and sororities. During the 1950s or so, Plato required the old Godfeltree house on Hunter Street near campus, and their members had already started organizing themselves more along the lines of a social group and had transformed their literary meetings into business meetings. Now, this emulated the social fraternities that was present on other campuses. And the Phila members lived in Wesley Hall on the north part of campus, but some of the more respectable Philo members moved as a group into one of the reconditioned dorms on back of campus. Now, they continued to use Philo Hall in Old Main for the meetings of their group, which they still proudly called a literary society. And as time continued moving on, even more changes came about. In 1969, the Clenorian Literary Society celebrated it, uh, its 100th anniversary. And later that year, Sigma Kappa Gamma Girls Society was started. In 1962, Plato became Phi Lambda Tau, and the records of Plato being active on campus stopped around the 1990s. Around the 1960s, Philo became Phi Lambda Sigma, and the records of Philo being active on campus stopped in the 2000s. During the 1970s, Cleo became a sorority and adopted the Greek letters Kappa, Lambda, Iota. And Cleo has been active on campus in waves. They've come and gone, they're here and there. But they're still here sometimes. In 1974, the sorority, Epsilon Gamma Chapter of Gamma Sigma Sigma, was charted at McKendree. And in 1992, they were reestablished as Kappa Sigma Tau sorority. In 2011, Tri A Sigma was established at McKendry. Next year, 2012, Fraternity Alpha Delta Gamma was charted. And then, more recently, in 2019, the Fraternity Phi Beta Sigma was charted. And that's all that I have on the more recent sororities and fraternities. But as you have seen throughout this episode, the social groups at McKendry have a long and rich history. From the first society of Philo being formed in 1837 to the most recent formation of Phi Beta Sigma in 2019, there are 186 years and counting of sorority and fraternity history on this campus. Each group could be given its own episode and we would still have more history to cover. So, Thank you for listening to this episode of the Spooky History of McKentry, and I really hope you enjoyed this show. If you have any recommendations on what I should cover next, let me know in the comments down below. My sources for this episode come from Holman Library Archive Centennial, McKendry College History of 1928-1978, and the McKendry and Online Yearbooks. Also from the McKendry.edu website comes the McKendry's Bearcat Blogs and the magazine from McKendry. This has been Elena recording for the McKendry Radio Studio in Carnegie Hall.